Hello, welcome to Recapping with Delora and Ashley. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Recapping Podcast. Also, comment, rate, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We're on all the things. We would love to hear your ratings of the movies and shows we review. Email us your audio file to recappingpodcast at gmail.com and we will play it during the show. Or DM us on Instagram and we will post and read it on air. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. All righty. Hey, Ashley. Hey, hey. How you doing? Girl, I'm hanging in there. How are you? Same. I'm doing well. Thank God for that. <laughs> Thank God for Jesus, as you always say. <laughs> <laughs> Do I really always say that? Yeah, which I love because you're right. Thank God for Jesus. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, I love it. <laughs> well, I'm super excited for today's recap. We are recapping a rom-com, a series, BBC original. It's available on HBO Max. It is Starstruck, season one and two. It came out originally April 26, 2021. Season two came out February 7, 2022. And it's already been greenlit for season three. So I can't wait for that. Hopefully it doesn't succumb to... You know, these streamers have been going ham with slicing projects and things. So especially in the HBO Max world. Exactly. Prayers for sex lives for college girls, by the way, because I need this season two. Please. Okay. So here's a quick summary. A drunken New Year's Eve hookup becomes far more complicated for Jesse when she discovers her one-night stand is actually a film star. What she thought would become an amusing antidote soon turns into something else. This series stars Rose Matafio as Jessie. She is a New Zealand uh, comedian. She's also Samoan, which is really cool. She's like, I think The Rock. I saw that in one of her uh, interviews and it made me laugh. We have Nikesh Patel as Tom Kapoor. We have Emma Seedy as Kate. L. Roberts as Ian. Joe Burns as Joe. And the great mini driver as Kat. Rotten Tomatoes. So I'm going to give the average between the two seasons. That rating with critics is 96%. And 78% with the audience. However, season one by the critics gave it 100%. Hmm. And the audience score was 86%. And for season two, 92% critics, 70% audience score. For season one, the synopsis of the critics score said, Starstruck doesn't rewrite the rom-com date book, but with a quick wit and a star-making turn, from the dynamic rose, it's easy to fall for it anyway. I thought that was a big compliment. Mm-hmm. And then season two says the honeymoon is over for Jesse and Tom's courtship, as well as starstruck euphoric thrill. But Rose comedy still charms with observations 
about the ordinary challenges of sustaining extraordinary love. That was so poetic. (laughs) (laughs) Google users gave the overall series 82%. Ashley, what's your grade for Starstruck? My grade for Starstruck is a B+. This was a light watch. It was an easy watch. It did not stress me. And I agree on the star making turn for Rose, who I was not familiar with prior to this. And I really enjoyed her. She is Mm -hmm. my type of humor. (laughs) And Nikesh, I was familiar with from Four Weddings and a Funeral. Absolutely. So um, I liked their actor as well. He was with our girl, Natalie (laughs) Emanuel. I enjoyed their chemistry. I enjoyed the dynamics. There are a few things that I'm going to critique in the course of this recap, but as a whole, I very much enjoyed it. So B plus. Thank you, Ashley. My grade for this series is a B plus as well. I kind of agree with the critics. I really enjoy season one more than season two. You said the show didn't stress you out. It absolutely stressed me out. (laughs) Her antics got on my last nerves, especially in season two. And we'll definitely talk about that. But overall, it's a lot of fun. I love I love rom-coms, as you know, and this is a fun story. And to your point, I appreciate her humor, but I also thoroughly enjoy British humor, i.e. it was giving me flea bag mm-hmm. <laughs> moments. Um, and I'll talk more about some of the other projects that it reminded me of, The Baker and the Beauty that dynamic relationship between someone that you presume has a lot of power because of their status, right? Whether money, fame, or both. And then the other person um, who is the seemingly ordinary person, quote unquote. So without further ado, spoiler alert. The first episode is honestly the most important episode of this entire series because it really sets up the stage for this relationship it is new year's eve jesse and kate are out at a bar they get drunk um jesse does what most women do (laughs) when the line is long on the women's side you hop over to the male side in that moment she runs into tom ashley my first question to you is is the ability to pee standing up a gift yeah because you can pee anywhere you don't have to worry about a lot of the things i've been in cars with guys they just pull over to the side of the road to handle their business (laughs) so lovely but i also understand the idea of some guys sometimes wanting to sit down but i've never been so drunk that i'm going to sit down on a public toilet (sighs) that part this conversation was hilarious and part of Jesse and Tom's meet cute. What did you think about this bathroom? Bond talking meet cute. I love that he wasn't even remotely surprised to see her in the bathroom. Mm, um, yes. I, I love the fact that she wasn't, there was no like nervousness in their banter. Like it was very light. It was very easy, probably thanks to alcohol. And so I just thought it was funny because it was kind of like a little antagonistic and their, their relationship is antagonistic quite a bit. So (laughs) quite a bit, quite a bit. So this chance encounter 
led to her making her way to his his home and they got to know each other biblically <laughs> with consent with consent thank you that's something that's very obvious to me in a lot of modern shows tv and now books that um i've been reading recently which i think is healthy because if you look back on some of our old stuff especially from the 80s you're it's kind of cringeworthy like oh you just went for it huh you didn't know if <laughs> she wanted. yeah and not only is it that way like as you're watching it but you also wonder did the actress give consent because of how sets used to be back in the day as well so absolutely double layered <laughs> so jesse wakes up the next morning and realized that she shagged the famous actor tom kapoor this scene cracks me up Because she goes as far as to say, like, she wasn't really giving her all (laughs) in their relations. And only after finding out that he didn't have an orgasm, which was funny because it's not it's it's taboo to think that men don't always achieve orgasm. But that's facts, though. That is facts. And and to your point, very surprising. They end up connecting again the next day. She goes on to her job. She is a nanny and she also works at a movie theater. And apparently she didn't leave her number because he comes looking for her <laughs> saying, here's your freaking charger randomly walking down the street. I mean, obviously he wanted to see her again, but were you surprised that they didn't exchange numbers? I think that there was an intentionality behind not leaving her number because I don't think she expected for there to be anything more to say. Huh, that's a great point. One of my favorite quotes from this first episode was, she's like, I'm forever a stain in his sexual history. <laughs> I'm like, yes. who thinks like that? Um, but it was her talking to Kate, just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this actually happened. So they have another chance meeting. And as I mentioned, he offered a charger that didn't belong to her. And they finally got a chance to talk to one another. Overall, Ashley, she finds his girlfriend's stuff in the nightstand and she ghosted him. We go on this adventure for the next five episodes of them coming in and out of each other's lives so the first time they met after she ghosted him was three months later have you ever ran into somebody as much as they've run into each other like to me i think obviously this is a rom-com so there's extraordinary moments with ordinary people but i don't think i've ever randomly ran into a person as much as they have in this entire series no and especially because of the stature that tom is at why is he roaming the streets like a regular yes! like a peasant to be this famous <laughs> actor unless in the uk they treat their actors a lot different than we do here in america no that's a good point i don't think they have the level of celebrity culture but obviously he still got approached a lot when yes. he was out but the paps are crazy in the UK. I mean, Meghan Markle was the latest example of how crazy they can be, you know? Yeah, but I don't think they necessarily feel that way about actors and actresses in the same way they do about, like, the royals. Mm. That's okay. what. That's my assumption. I don't... I've never even been. You've been. I haven't even been over there, so... 
in season one, they talk about spring, summer, autumn, and winter and Christmas. So for spring, they were able to randomly meet each other, chance encounter. She thought she was out here juggling these men. <laughs> he was out with his wonderful agent, Minnie Driver, who is a joy in this series. Wonderful. She, I, wonderful I, acting, not a wonderful yes. person. Thank you for that correction. I love Minnie Driver. So Same, but she was a nutcase. She was insane. Correct. Correction made. Telling him what he can or cannot do. Don't um, eat bread. Like, don't eat bread. Don't date normal people. <laughs> commoners. Commoners. This is one of the first time Jesse kind of got on my nerves because obviously she tried to ignore him. And then she gets in the car and wanted to have this drop the mic moment talking about, tell your girlfriend I said hi. And he's like, I don't have a girlfriend, though. <laughs> and she's like, what? Ashley, the dramatic device of miscommunication is a big one in this entire show. And there are moments where it's fine. And there are moments when they're not fine. Honestly, my biggest gripe is in season two. So we'll get there. but. Why didn't she ask this man if he really had a girlfriend? I mean, don't get me wrong. It is a, it is probably startling to find another woman's stuff in the nightstand after spending the night with a man. However, why didn't she just ask him? Because it wasn't that deep yet. That's my conclusion. Like, I think you ask more questions point. when you're further along in a relationship or a situation with somebody than you would at that start. Like, I remember even seeing a post recently on social media, somebody saying, oh, if I text you and you don't text me back, then we're never speaking again. Like, people be on really? that. Yes. Like, people be on that level where, you know, it depends on the person obviously as well but a lot of times you're not trying to you know make it seem like you're in too deep that you even care that much in a lot of these situations I would think after being with somebody for only a couple of times so it's probably like it's not worth the hassle to hash it out I'm just gonna dip out because clearly he's has a girlfriend and he's cheating with me so right I think it also for the series spoke to their levels of maturity you know, she's Woo! in her late 20s. He's yes. in his early to mid 30s. Yes. He's more willing to have the conversations and to be clear about what's going on, I think, than she still is at this point in her life. That is an excellent point, Ashley, because I'll say it now and I'll probably say it again a couple more times. Tom had the patience of Job in this series. <laughs> Because I, I still think she's a millennial. I don't think she represents Gen Z. But what are your thoughts about the depiction of millennials not having their lives together? I'm thinking about series like Dave on FX, Rami also on FX, Insecure, HBO, Fleabag. Like, what is it about our generation and how it's depicted Aquafina in pop? show as well. Yes. Ooh, rough. How is depicted in pop culture do you can you relate what what are your thoughts I can relate I think when there's levels of growth right I think when you talk mm. about shows like insecure when you meet people at certain stages in life yes watching it is going to be painful because they're going through the journey of figuring out who they are and what they want mm -hmm. but I think 
one of the things that I have to critique about this show, and I guess we talk about a little bit now, is Jesse was directionless throughout the entirety of the series. (laughs) Yes! Yes, yes, and yes. And that was really hard for me. That was really hard for me. (laughs) But Issa for like three seasons of Insecure was too. But Issa wasn't directionless because I felt like Issa had direction. She just needed to channel it into something that she was more passionate about. Like she knew she wanted to be of service. She knew she wanted to be, um, I mean, and and she had a- Yes, and she- she was making strides and making steps, right? Jesse has takes odd jobs. It doesn't really matter what the fuck it is. Like, I think Jesse would work at the grocery store for the rest of her life if it was a job that she could go to and have a stable check every week. And I mean that so sincerely, not to no, show anybody who works at the grocery no, store. I'm just saying, I don't, I don't think she ever had the intention necessarily throughout this first two seasons anyway of figuring out what it is she wants to do. Whereas with some of the other shows, at least the ones I've seen, it may start out that way but there is growth so I think again when it comes to talking about millennials that would be with any generation when you're in your 20s and you're figuring out life I don't know because our parents generation had uh you know were married and had children that's true but then some of them have they fucking midlife crisis because they didn't figure that shit out when they were younger it doesn't mean that you know who you are it just means you're going through the motions of what society thinks you should be doing very true. So that's what I'm saying. I think and we do have the luxury of figuring it out, right? We have more of a luxury. We also have more economic, not more, because there have been many over the years. We have certain <laughs> economic stresses yes. that have also caused a difference in the ways in which we have navigated the our careers. failure to launch idea of things. Yeah. Yeah. But But I say all that to say, I think it doesn't bother me too, as long as I know that there are millennials behind the scenes and that it's not a trope of millennials, right? That it's not. That's a great point because all the shows that I listed, a lot of the title people are being careful are are also the creators of the show. Yeah. And that matters because it's like you watch a show depicting a group of women and it's all stereotypes because it's written by a bunch of men. I think there's just a difference in relatability when you have the people who are going through these things showing parts of their own struggles again it's hard to watch i don't think i would have wanted to see myself on camera throughout (laughs) some years in my 20s you know what i mean it can be be a little rough to have to watch but you know it adds context to the things that i think are very relatable with going through life and especially in this day and age because there's a lot of other factors like i'm sure when gen z is at these ages, there's going to be a lot of other things that are going to be going on that they'll more strongly relate to, especially with social media and yes. all of that. So right. I think it's I think it makes <laughs> it makes sense democracy. for me. I'm just joking. <laughs> no, who knows? <laughs> Climate change. Who knows what the world's going to look like for them when they're making shows, right? But I say all that to say, Delora. I think that for me, I find it relatable as long as there is a purpose behind it. Mm, yes. <laughs> Tom takes his agent advice and calls Jesse Powell after their chance meeting, even though this was the first time we saw them outside of the bedroom. They were at a bar. They related to pop culture facts and things like that. (laughs) One of the questions of the, the trivia, she knew all the actors in a movie. And he was like, how do you know that? And she's like, I used to be a virgin. That was... One of my favorite lines. (laughs) 
he obviously wanted to see her and asked her to help him with his Australian accent. <laughs> Again, made herself available, but they were able to connect and realize that they actually liked each other. By autumn, Tom invited Kate to his movie premiere because they were no longer connected together because it's that on and off thing. I think the first time I saw it, I had stress though, because I'm like, are they going to ever be together? Is this going to be like normal people where you're like constantly <laughs> like, are they, are they? Because obviously there's a connection and, you know, life gets in the way. But she goes to the movie premiere and he's connected to his co-star when he sees Jesse. That connection is undeniable. But unfortunately, he locked her in that freaking bathroom for several hours because Sophie came into the room. Ashley, Tom didn't slip that often for me in the series, but this was a major, major fail. That part. I agree. Tom let me down with this one. He let me down. Because if you're if you're going to live La Vida Loca, live in your truth, bro. Live in your truth. You don't play this little game that you hide her in the bathroom because you shook in your co-star. And it speaks to the insecurities that blew up at the end of this episode. We knew this would come up, but she did not have the confidence to be with him because she felt like, like when she told him kissing him was a joke, he was like, why is that a joke? She was like, because we don't make sense. And I was like, oh man, if you don't believe in it, no one's going to ever believe in it. He told her first that she was pathetic and she's like, you're an actor, which means you're boring and I cannot make you interesting. I was like, yo! These are fire flames coming out. I didn't think the relationship was repairable after this argument. It felt like she had that loaded in the chamber. That did not just come <laughs> off the cuff. <laughs> Is that what you genuinely think was my question? Like, damn. Because I guess in the sense of their dynamic, I did wonder. You know, we talked about Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian last week. What was she bringing to the table? Well, I'm glad that you asked that question because I do have this question. Do you understand Tom's attraction to Jesse? I don't. I think she is very funny. And I say that in the sense of watching her versus I don't know if I will find her that funny being with her. Because no. she does go off in extremes sometimes that flabbergasted me a little bit in the series i was like yeah. is this a is this normal is this how you always kind of navigate your personal relationships or is it just because again to your point the insecurities of kind of blown wanting to blow up this relationship because she didn't feel like she was good enough for him so no i didn't especially i could even see if it had taken time for tom to kind of warm up kind of warm up tom was all for this from jump from the beginning and it has nothing to do with her physically what i'm about to say it's everything to do with to your point she is a mess yes she is a mess thank you for clarifying and that because i do feel like in the series they try to play up that she's not very attractive i think she's gorgeous i think personally. she's beautiful i loved it when she got that short haircut for uh christmas i was like come through short curly bob I think she's beautiful. It's not that at all. It's 
again, what are you bringing to the table? He is a movie star, quote yeah. unquote. He can uh, have his one pick demand, exactly of a lot of women. The only thing that I could muster up, Ashley, is the fact that maybe she felt like home in the sense of she kept him grounded in some ways, right? And that's the only thing I can muster up. <laughs> it's even hard for me to talk about this because I guess I think about like it sounds so wrong to discuss people's worth as if it comes down to career what they do for a living or and all that physical yeah. attributes yeah. or any of those things like everybody is absolutely enough thank you just as they are well so i really do want to track that back just a little but bit iron sharpens iron which means and then let me also give you another biblical uh example you don't want to be unequally yoked with someone you don't want to feel like you're carrying the burden because you all aren't on the same page, whether it's uh, maturity or, you know, plans for the future and all that, this, that, and the other. I think that's what it comes down to for me between their dynamic is, again, Tom, it seems like has to give so much. It's like he has to love them both for yes. this relationship to work because there are a lot of things on her side to me that are just not the same in terms mm -hmm. of her, the way she handles situations in terms of her communication in terms of all those things. Like, yes, you're funny, but low key, you're kind of toxic as fuck sometimes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I really do want to make that clear as we're talking about this. Cause it can sound gross to be like, Oh, what is she bringing to the table? We're not, I'm, I'm really not trying to make it sound like that. We're but like Kevin Samuels, thank you. <laughs> but but we do have to be clear that there was a different dynamic between the two of them in terms of a give and take. Yes, and I felt like Tom gave way more. Yes, by winter they're both spiraling. Tom is showing his behind in this press junket with his star that he's been shagging. <laughs> Jesse. She's going off on the lady that she sold her clothes to because she didn't put it in display. She was tripping. Very much so. She lost her nanny job, which we all knew she wasn't great at from the beginning. I'm concerned. But, I'm concerned for Jesse. Yeah. Yeah. And her good friend Kate tried to give her a job as a florist runner. And uh, she failed horribly at that. It, it was really bad to the point where Jesse decided to go back home to New Zealand. And despite her toxic behavior, she really had a wonderful friend in Kate. And I really enjoyed her character. And fun fact, the actress Emma is Rose's real-life best friend. Mm, that's so, why they play off each other so well. So well. So well. So that's the biggest turning point in episode five. And the season ends during Christmas where Kate is throwing a Christmas party, a farewell dinner for Jesse because she is going on a plane the next day back home to New Zealand. Tom is in town. He's missing Jesse and he runs into Kate at the store. She brings him up and he's nervous and he accidentally eats weed brownies. <laughs> it gets extremely high. I think the biggest 
take away from this episode is, is it an insult for someone to say, I think I'm falling in love with you? Would you no. accept that? She's overreacting. It's not an insult. They say it on The Bachelor every season. <laughs> because that, Ashley, is the bar. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you know it's real love, baby. That's when you know. No, I don't think it's an insult at all. I think he was expressing his feelings. And at that point, again, he's giving so much. Giving so much. And... Uh, <laughs> Your response is just unwarranted and unnecessary. Like, take a minute, take a beat, hear what he's saying. He's trying to be honest with you about having very strong feelings for you. And you take it as a negative. I couldn't with Jesse throughout many moments in this series. I couldn't. Mind you, he's on his way to Ireland to film a movie. And she's on her way to New Zealand. And they have the longest, hardest goodbye. And she decided to stay. I will say the joy that I got at the end of season one was very real, very palpable in terms of like, it just made me smile because in they chose each other at the end of season one. I'm surprised to hear you say this because anybody who has listened to this show regularly knows you do not advocate for choosing love over what you need to do to progress in your own life. So hear me out, Ashley. I'm glad that you brought that up because I, that is true. You do not follow men out here in these streets. You make, <laughs> you, you become the rich husband. Okay. But I will say this to your point earlier, what was she doing when she got to New Zealand? So for those who cannot see us, she's pointing to me because I am making a point. No, <laughs> You were doing the Jada that part. The (laughs) point of points. I literally had in my mind as I watched it the second time, I was like, what the fuck else was she going to do? That part. Directionless. And maybe to start season two, I started really getting in my feelings because I was like two hot toddies deep. But (laughs) bruh, I'm like, Jesse, what we doing, baby? What we doing? All right, Ashley, let's get into season two because, man, oh, man, this was rough for me. The first episode named Stay, she literally, this entire episode is dealing with the fact that she didn't get on that plane. And this is the first time I wrote in my notes, Tom has the patience of Joe because the way she was going back and forth on, oh, this is great, let's you know, let's go have our first date to, oh my gosh, what did I do? (laughs) My mom is going to hate me because she changed the sheets in the guest room. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think she should have gone with him to Ireland? Because he had a plane to catch too. No, I don't think she should have been that drastic. Like, I think it's one thing to decide, hey, I'm not going to go to New Zealand. I'm going to stay in town so that our relationship has a chance then to follow him on a movie set where he's probably not going to have a lot of time anyway. Because he's with her working all the time because he has a, a career. Yeah. The other point is we find out, I think, later in season one that she moved to London in the first place for a relationship. So the idea to go somewhere else might not have been been the best. Um, I appreciate that Jesse feels all her feelings. I just need her to better handle 
some curves. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I appreciate that she does feel all of her feelings, but baby, we gotta, we gotta come down like from 10 to five. Episode two, Christmas again, Tom invited Jesse to have Christmas with his family and she decided not to go. I was curious if he was going to talk about her though to his family because it's a big deal when you start talking about girlfriends in any culture, but I know uh, with his culture, it's a big deal, especially because the mom was like, you ain't give me no gifts and you don't bring a girlfriend. What are we doing? His family was so shady. (laughs) So shady. What did you think about the brotherly dynamics between him and his older brother, who's the doctor? I'm glad you said that because I couldn't remember what he did for a living. I was like, did I miss that part? What is the difference in kind of their personalities and like what they're up to and all of that? Their dynamic. You could tell that his brother is, I don't want to say more accepted by his parents, but I think there's a dynamic where it seems like maybe Tom has had the harder time with the family than he has. I mean, he's not a lawyer, doctor, engineer, yeah. you know. He's he's lived his life more on the straight and narrow path, probably. Yeah. yeah. And met expectations. But that's the pressure of being the firstborn nine times out of ten. <laughs> but it's also art. Is his brother actually happy? Ooh, that's an excellent question. Again, was it too soon for her to go to Christmas with his family? Yes. I think so. Okay. Because we didn't even have an official label on it. Yes. Again, I know she stayed to try to figure this out, but I think for me personally, anyway, I can only speak for myself. I think integrating people into your life takes time and should take time because it should mean something. I feel like if it's rushed or if you just tossing everybody at your parents, no matter who you're dating, it, it doesn't feel quite as real to me. And we find this out later that Jesse didn't understand how Tom did things, but in fact, he does not bring a lot of people home at all. So to finish up Christmas again, in this episode, we find out that Jesse sent out a lot of letters to people <laughs> that meant something to her in London, including her ex and her trying to collect them was really hilarious. To all uh, the boys I've loved before. <laughs> Yes, 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 yes. For housewarming, up until this point, looking back at season one and the previous episodes, we really have not seen Jesse in Tom's element. We kind of a little bit at the movie premiere, but not really because they weren't together or would they, won't they type of deal. And to what I was saying earlier, Jesse meets his brother in a very drunken state. (laughs) Jesse is obviously spiraling because her insecurities are rearing his ugly head again. She finally meets his agent, Minnie Driver, and their interaction was hilarious. Mm -hmm. Are you surprised that she didn't sign an NDA? Am I surprised? Um, no, I think Minnie's definitely going to get that NDA sign. I think she was just taking it easy <laughs> on her because it was the first meet. She obviously was dead serious and uh, possibly in a week or two was going to write that check. So Did she get a check for writing the NDA or you think Tom would feel some kind of way? I don't know if Tom will find out, to be honest. 
<laughs> would you sign an NDA and get money for it and not tell your boo? Ooh, what a predicament. I'm sure we I'm sure I would have a conversation and let them know. But would I accept money for it? Possibly. Depends on the circumstances. I'm not gonna say no. Yeah. I'm not like if I'm no. dating a celebrity or somebody in that sphere and they're like, hey. For the protection and future interest of our client, we need you to sign this and they're going to give me $50,000. Hey, who am I to object? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <sighs> Tom asked Jesse to be his girlfriend. And she told this man, maybe. It's his birthday, sis. It's like, it was so rough for me, Ashley. Maybe. Maybe. Obviously, they didn't get a chance to have their New Year's kiss because uh, he simply walked away from her. She was also super high because that's how she was handling her insecurities, being in his environment. Uh, the mea culpa happens between her and his brother, where he informed her that he only had three girlfriends in his entire life. And they were able to make up at the end of this episode. Do you have any thoughts on that, Ashley? Why did she wear a tuxedo? Um, <laughs> I thought she was cute though I love the hair I thought she was cute but the tuxedo was a little much at least make it more of a costume looking moment than just a flat out tuxedo because you definitely look like a cater waiter and then Tom is working so hard to make this work <laughs> at this point working so hard God bless him and his whole spirit He's definitely a nice dude. <laughs> like, it's the best way for me to say he's a nice dude. Because a lot of people, this is too many. It's, it's, it would be way too many stripes for most people. Like, I've tolerated everything from you at this point, including well, you. You remember, I didn't bring it up, but he bought her a ticket to New Zealand because he felt guilty for keeping her back. And that blew up in his face, too. You know what I'm saying? I've dealt with everything from you at this point. Like, I don't know why I continue to try this hard, except the fact that I'm almost in love with you, I guess. Oof. In the funeral episode, her ex calls her to inform her that his granny has passed on. She gets to the funeral and realizes that's not even a granny that she liked. <laughs> But when I tell you she was spending entirely too much time with this man and avoiding Tom's calls, who, who is away filming in another country, and she's too busy reminiscing the goofiness with her ex, I was really disappointed in her. I was like, what are we doing, Jesse? What have we been doing? But I do like that game, though. I actually want to play that game now. You want to just randomly fall out? Yeah. I want to try it. Not you know break my arm. That, you know but... I found that extremely immature, but that's... <laughs> that's I me. get it. But but it looked, it looked fun to me because I was like, oh, let me see if I could really act. Like, could I bring out the chops and have a legit, like, fall and make it look believable? That's how I looked at it. I was like, I want to test out my acting abilities and see if I can play this game but not to the detriment of my body obviously so looked intriguing what was the funniest part to you in this in any of these seasons i'm curious 
the funniest part um well you, in this episode i think it's funny that she talked about the fact this is the grandmother she didn't like that's dark humor <laughs> that i live for yes yes it happened in this episode for me when she took that preg- pregnancy test and she cried so hard and then when she realized she read it wrong and said jordan and threw that mess in the trash done done ashley that was a great scene that culminated my whole experience with jesse <laughs> how so explain please. these extreme swings in emotion that are completely unwarranted <laughs> you get you'll get you get yourself all worked up over nothing that it's that is very indicative of jesse's character throughout this this series but there were so many like little funny moments yes too yes so it's hard to say but definitely i love dark humor so yeah this is even my favorite grandmother f this old lady type of vibe like hilarious to me <laughs> also the big fight in the next episode valentine's over scrabble was really funny and you realize they were fighting in front of their friends <laughs> that was slightly triggering for me was only, it? only i say that because i hate seeing other people fighting so mm. to have to sit in that environment as the friends who are watching i was like i feel like this is um abusive like i don't want to sit in the midst of another couple arguing. i don't like couples who fight in front of people though either i think that's weird it's traumatizing like nobody yeah. wants to be a part of this drama the and dark these, energy yeah these emotions yeah. like y'all can save that for whatever y'all get into in your bedroom at night don't do that without you there's that whole i'm still old school in the mentality of like you act right for company type of yeah. vibe yeah and y'all ain't acting right in front of company so <laughs> get it together well Jesse's ex Ben offered her a job because as we know she's still piecing her life together it's at the library and she decides to take it and doesn't even tell Tom about it uh Tom is in the middle of making some moves in his career as well the horrible boss that he was out of the country filming with is offering him a job in the states it's so nice that you said he's making moves in his career too, as if she's making moves in her career. <laughs> like, that was so nice of you. <laughs> I said, movement is happening on the job front. <laughs> what does she want to do with her life? <laughs> well, the uh. biggest thing that she was working on in her life was picking out paint to change for her wall. And he decided to describe her, this is Tom, as kooky. And she found it insulting, as well as quirky, Ashley. I can't deal with it. By this point, I can't. I literally was, like, passively watching. Because I'm like, how many more times is Tom going to have to deal with this? And again. The walk on eggshells. Kate is the one that told Tom that Ben was the one that was at the library. She was tripping, though. This is a tale as old as time in like TV and movies of somebody accidentally running their mouth. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad she finally told you. Er, Why are you talking right now? Calm down. My question to you, Ashley, is this. Does every relationship need a healthy amount of secrets? No. I was like, what logic 
where does she get her freaking logic from? Not in this way. Like, I get it that there are things that may have happened that don't impact that relationship that you don't feel the need to talk about or disclose and just never come up type of thing. But yeah. this, she was she was blatantly lying to him about this situation. He asked her about the job. She said, oh, a friend got it for me. It had been discussed. She chose not to tell him the truth. Omitting is definitely lying for sure. And he said the one thing that I completely agree with. He's like, it shouldn't be this hard to love somebody. But apparently that was a kick in the gut for Jesse. So much so that she called her ex freaking immediately. And of course, what does he do? The same thing that Tom said he would do. In my mind, at least, I don't know how you can be this oblivious to his intentions it is so obvious especially stroking his little ego like i can get jesse back from a movie star just to see if i can do it i don't even think he really cared to actually be in a relationship with her i just think he was just you understand what i'm trying to say he I was totally just interested in just like can i get her back he was in a relationship with somebody else wasn't he yes so the whole situation of calling her about your grandmother, then calling her about the job, like this constant getting yeah. in touch and trying to be around and all this stuff to me was so obvious, right? Yes. Because what else do we need to talk about? Apparently things didn't end well. Not at all. So what else do we need to say to one another? So yeah, I was I was definitely on Tom's side with knowing that he was not just trying to be friends. Even if she, at first she thought that was the case on her side, obviously there were still lingering feelings there too. Because to me, even if you don't still have feelings necessarily for an ex, a lot of times that physical bond can still be there where you may yeah. still want to fuck. You feel comfortable around them. So, yeah. Yeah. It, I was definitely with Tom on this one. He was not overreacting a, or being insecure. He was right. That something you say to someone, though. That you're hard to love? Yeah. No, that was mean. Yeah. It was honest. But it, yes. was, it was mean. I agree. Season two concludes three months later. Again, they are killing me with this timeline. <laughs> Steve and Sarah are celebrating their wedding. Small group of friends. But guess what? Tom is there. I guess Tom made an impression all the times he randomly showed up at Jesse and Kate <laughs> during the murder mystery, during Christmas. Hey, real quick. When you talk about my favorite moment, my least favorite moment or funny moments, my least funny moment in this series was okay. when she botched Tom's proposal. That pissed me off. Yes. yes. Physically bust down that man's door. I could have. For that letter. I yep. know he's a man, but I was like, if you want to slap her in the face, like I wouldn't even be mad at you <laughs> just in your mind because Jesse be doing the most. But anyway. Tom obviously, Tom obviously <laughs> made an impact that he came all the way to your bachelor party. And he's like in between, you know, going in and out of the country for filming. So he obviously showed up because he wanted to see Jesse, right? Or do you think he was there genuinely for Steve? That's a great question. And I don't think it's one that I've given a whole lot of thought to. But in my mind, he had to have been there for Jesse. Him and Steve weren't friends exactly 
You know what I'm but saying? He was a very polite star. He was always nice to people who met him randomly in the streets. He's Even a nice if, dude. Yeah, he he's a nice dude. But that dude. does not mean you take time out of your busy. This man is a movie star yeah. to come to not even the A-list Bachelor Bachelorette, the B-list Bachelor yeah. Bachelorette. Yeah. Okay. The one of the rejects who they did not feel would be able to mesh with the rest of their friends and family. <laughs> That's played. How would you feel if you were on the B-list of somebody's life? <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> the series include they're busy doing all the Bachelor Bachelorette activities everything from karaoke to laser tag and they end on a canoe where jesse friends had a real heart to heart with her and told her that she is emotionally unavailable in relationships and and afraid to commit and apparently that was a aha moment for her that she immediately in her grand gesture got into that nasty pond to declare her love for tom what are your final thoughts on season one and two of Starstruck? And what do you want to see in season three? I'm glad that Jesse finally made an effort. Saggy, pond draws and all. Because... I'm like, who's going to sit next to her on that bus, though? Yeah, Tom. Because <laughs> he got into that nasty water as well. But I'm glad they had her finally making an effort because, again, throughout this whole thing, the give and take to me was not even remotely equivalent. I am glad and I appreciated even some of the thoughts she expressed of like, I'm just realizing this about myself, so I haven't fixed it yet. Mm-hmm. And knowing that there's work that needs to be done and this isn't just a bad, like a one, like a we're all good now. Like, nah, yes. I, still ha- yeah. I still have to work on myself. So I appreciated that. I appreciated her friends helped hold her accountable for her actions. And with a season three, I hope, God, I hope to see her figure out what she wants to do with her life. <laughs> like, what is she good at? She, We know that she's a cinephile, so she loves movies. I thought it was really funny, though. <laughs> What's your favorite movie? I don't know, Rush Hour 2. That whole exchange <laughs> between her and that guy, he was so intense. I, and she was like, what's wrong with me? I like that. That actually turned me on. I was like, you know what Loki like saying though? Like he was so intense that I was like, your energy, sir. What what else are you, do you have going on? Like, this is a lot. But let me let me get move away from that. You're right. She is a cinephile. So maybe you want to get involved in the movie industry. Guess what? You got a boo. You have a boyfriend who works in film. You got a plug, sis. So please, please, in season three, <laughs> please <laughs> let me see you doing something with your life. Bump the love. Bump all of this stuff. I get it. That's beautiful. But sis, you got a whole life to live. What are we doing? Her her story cannot just be about her going back and forth with Tom. I reject that narrative. Ooh. I reject it. <laughs> y'all better come with more if y'all want me to keep going with this series. That's my final thoughts, Delora. What about you? With it being a rom-com, do you have any favorite romantic moments? And what were your thoughts about their chemistry? Mm, I thought they had great chemistry, actually. 
my favorite romantic moments is hard to pin down because there was so much drama. Yes. With everything. So I guess it had to be just, I guess, some of the quiet moments. Like even that second time they were together when they were in bed, she had on her glasses, which I thought she looked adorable with glasses. Yes. Um, yes. And they were just, you know, kind of trying to get to know each other. I thought that was really cute. Like, I really like depictions of like early days and kind of the awkwardness and yes. figuring each other out type of vibe. So mm-hmm. probably some of the early scenes of them together when it was a little more, a little less chaotic. What about you? Yes. Favorite moments. I <laughs> I like how he was like, I'm a man, so I'm down for whatever. And I'm like, okay, sir. Okay. I thought it was cute that he asked her to be his girlfriend on his freaking birthday. I just was so pissed off at her, maybe, that that kind of just threw me off a little bit. Um, But my final thoughts, overall, fun show, well-written, super witty. But to your point, I completely agree. I like to see more direction um, from Rose's character. And I I don't want the will they, won't they. I don't know if I can do too many seasons of that. And granted, it is a British uh, show and they're notorious for having like short seasons <laughs> you know what I mean yeah, um they're nice episodes. they're nice and compact but even the number of seasons like there's shows that you know you get two or three and that's it you know thinking about Fleabag and I'm here for it she did say in an interview that season two was six episodes of an anxiety attack and I think that was well said and uh, self-aware of her. Indeed. <laughs> All right, Ashley. If there's nothing else, time for hitting gems. All right, Delora. Thank you so much. Uh, I have two this week. The first one is Not Okay. It's a film on Hulu. I feel like there are certain projects I watch, again, just based on who the star is. And Zoe Deutsch is the star of this. And I love her. Love her and her mother. Carolina yes. in the city. She Shout wore out. the Back to the Future prom dress for Halloween. I cannot believe that. <gasps> really? Mm-hmm. Yep. I- exactly. She's the star as a young woman desperate for fame and friends who fakes a trip to Paris and unfortunately has some disastrous effects on her life. It was so well done in terms of like a social commentary on the age of social media fame and that desire and kind of the way that it can corrupt um, Mm -hmm. a person Mm -hmm. and also this age of kind of um, violence and uh, what am I trying to say? Violence and um big events and things like that that are going on in terms of you know all types of catastrophes essentially and the movements that have come along with that and the Mm -hmm. activists that have come along with that so I thought it was really well done my guy from from Maze Runner Dylan O'Brien is also in this and then a newcomer because I haven't seen her anything at least Mia Isaac was fantastic in this movie so again that's not okay on Teen Wolf guy. Yes, from Teen Wolf. Yes. Uh on Hulu. My second hidden gem, wedding season on Netflix. This falls in line with the whole rom-com theme. Yes, yes. Um, this was very formulaic, but it was still 
a light watch because again as i told you guys when we did the gray man i just be seeking out some le- levity in my entertainment and yeah they, they were a very good looking couple and they had great chemistry and it's that tale of boy and girl who fake a relationship <laughs> this time to get their parents off their back go to a series of weddings together and fall for each other and it was again very formulaic but i enjoyed the ride you talk about somebody who was career driven she is definitely career driven in this in this show um in this film rather and i very much enjoyed it so wedding season on netflix is my second hidden gem and that's all i got for this week guys what about you delora thank you ashley i have three i haven't had three in a minute so my first it's a movie came out this year in theaters and it's now available on netflix it's uncharted pg-13 starring our boo tom holland i love him because obviously he's my favorite spider-man and he's dating one of my faves and mark Wahlberg. this is a fun adventure I was joking with my mom. I'm like, it's giving me national treasure. <laughs> you mm, remember? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nicholas Cage. It's based off of a very popular PlayStation video game. And Tom Holland is literally hopping all over the place. It's fun. I highly recommend it. Super excited to find it on uh, Netflix. I will say national treasure is better. I will say that. But mm. it was giving me those vibes. Like, okay. Stolen pirate gold. Where is it? There are twists and turns, which makes it interesting. So just wanted to shout that out. My second hand gem is the prequel to Predator. It's called Prey. Mm -hmm. Looking at people.com, it says Prey becomes Hulu's biggest premiere to date. Mm. Outshining the debut of the Kardashians. I have seen several of this genre, you know, with Predator, Alien, all those movies that were very popular when we were growing up in the 90s and 2000s. Actually, my favorite Predator until this one was the one with Sanaa Lathan as the the main character. That one was a fun ride. But this is a prequel. Like, this is, I believe... Uh, they're in like 1700s and it's starring a native indigenous young lady her real name is amber mint thunder it was just interesting i appreciated the representation of our indigenous people i just felt it felt authentic and not exploitive i'll say that that's good i saw it and then i was like oh it's a predator or alien no i'll pass yeah but it's just a very unique concept. You know what I mean? Like, who would have think to say, like, you know, these aliens, what if we put them in the past? Mm. <laughs> How did the people in the past handle them? So, fun ride. A lot of good chatter around it. It is currently 92% Rotten Tomato critics, 80% audience. So, it is fresh. And you guys... Recap Nation, I am still on my rom-com tip. (laughs) I'm so excited to tell you all about this book. It is a novel called Get a Life, Chloe Brown. It is written by 
a black woman, black British woman. Her name is Tilia Hilbert. And it follows a young lady named Chloe Brown who who dealt with near death experience. She has a disability. She deals with uh, fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue. And she realizes that her life is uneventful and she loves writing lists, which I can identify with. And she wrote a get a life list, things that she wants to do in her life to make it more interesting for her. Like she wants to do more with her life. One of the things on her list was to move on her own where she meets this redhead stud. (laughs) His name is Redman. They don't like each other at all, but of course, this is a rom-com, so love eventually ensues. What I love about this is the fact that I'm listening to it on the audiobook, and I found out who was reading it, and it is none other than Lady Danbury herself, Ajua Ando. Hmm. When I found this tidbit out after I finished listening to the book, I literally was screaming. I was like, Lady Danbury read this book. (laughs) (laughs) What I also love is this is the first book in a trilogy called The Brown Sisters. Um, So it's going to be three books following her, her three sisters who are just very colorful Black British women. I, I don't know. It just brought me joy. And I was just, I, you know, looking for a popular rom-com books and everything. Obviously there are a lot of white writers and things like that. And I talked about finding Jasmine's books. So now that I'm really in here, I'm happy I found Tilia because she's a young lady and her writing is a little spicy. I'm not going to lie, but um, it's fun. And that's all I have today, Ashley. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back to talk and chat about pop culture headlines and hot topics on Thursday. In the meantime, we hope you guys have a blessed week and we'll see you then.